I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bobo the Clown experiment. It took place in the 1960s and it was a, meant to be a social learning theory proposition. How do human beings learn how to act in the world? Through positive or negative reinforcement principally or is there another motivation? Well, what they did is they had children watch through a window as adults went into a room and there was this Bobo the Clown, this big kind of stuffed animal, this big bear, and uh, well, clown, and they would go up and they started hitting it and throwing it all over the room and kicking it around and just treating it very roughly. And then they came out and five minutes later they said, okay, children, your turn to go play. And there's toys all over the place. They could have done anything when they wanted. But the majority of them went to the clown and did the exact same thing, right? Started treating it roughly, throwing it around, kicking it. Well, then they took a new set of kids and they had them watch another set of adults doing the same, uh, going in there and this time treating the clown very nicely, like having a tea party with it and hugging it and, and playing with it and sharing it and just being very kind. Then they told the kids to go in and do exactly whatever they wanted to do. And what do you think the children did? Exactly as they observed their parents doing, or the adults. Observation leads to imitation. We do what we see. And that is why the saints are so important in our life. Because by observing them, we learn to imitate the virtues that can get us to heaven. The church has declared over 9,000 canonized saints in our 2,000 year history, but we know there's obviously many more than that. And every one of them looks different in how they express a holy life. But one thing they all have in common is that they set a high standard. That's why it's so difficult to look at the saints. Because every idol is essentially a judge upon our being. Anyone who wants to be good at basketball, they put up someone like Michael Jordan, LeBron James. They put them up all over their walls. They become a judge of their being. Are you doing everything you can to be like me? Anyone who wants to be good at soccer, puts pictures of great soccer players all around their room. Anyone wants to make movies will put actors and directors all around their room as a judge of their being. Are you doing what I did to get to where I'm at? Idols ultimately judge us because they show us that we can be better. Because they're just like us, but there's something about what they've done that is more than what we are. So they say to us, if you make the proper sacrifice, you can be like me too. But that's why so many people are afraid to look at the lives of the saints. Because they challenge us. And they bring us out of our comfort zone to strive for something higher in our own state of life. And there's one little girl who has served as a great judgment upon my priesthood and many others. 
There's a little girl whom I idolize and who I observe and who I try very hard to imitate in my daily life. She, about 10 years old, she lived in China in 1949, the time when the communists had full control. And one day she was going to a Catholic school just like us with the school on one side and the church on the other. And one day the communists broke into the church and they began tearing off all the pictures of the saints of Christ, of Mary, and throwing them on the ground. And they had all the children give them their rosaries, and in front of them they broke them up. And then they walked over to the church across the street, and they took the priest who was there, and they put him in a coal shaft in the sacristy in the back room. Then one of the soldiers was ordered to go to the, to the tabernacle, and they broke it open, and they took the ciborium with all the Eucharist, with the body of Christ, and they threw it all over the ground in the presence of the children and said, you think this is your God? What is he now? To try to test their faith. Then they told them all to leave and they put a guard in the front of the, the church so that nobody else could come in there from then on. Well, the priest, he was in this um, coal shaft in the back. He could see the church. It was open. And late that night, about, you know, almost nearing middle of the night, he saw someone coming in through the side of the church. It was a really small figure. He noticed it was a little girl. And she kind of went through the pews, and she walked to the front, the middle aisle of the church, and she got on her hands and knees and started crawling towards Jesus Christ in the Eucharist that was laying before her. And for one hour, she put her head to the ground and adored our Lord for one hour. And then she slowly crawled over to him and with her tongue consumed one host. And after a moment, she got up and she escaped through the side of the church again, through the hole. She did this every single night for over a month. Sneak in, lay prostrate on the ground for an hour, crawl to the Eucharist, consume him on her tongue, and then leave. There was 32 hosts on this ground. She made it 32 nights into the church. But on the last night, as she was in the middle of laying prostrate before the Eucharist, there was a noise and she turned around to see a guard coming in through the door and before the priest could yell at her to run he heard a shot ring out and he saw her fall on the ground and then he saw her crawling closer and closer to the last Eucharist that was there where she consumed him once again the last one the guard walked over to where it was late at night so he didn't know exactly what he was shooting at but when he realized what he had done, he dropped his gun and he ran out of the church. And he came back a little bit over an hour later and he unlocked the coal shaft and he let the priest out. And he said, take that girl and go bury her. I'll never touch a gun again. That's what the priest did. He picked her up, he gave her a burial, and then he fled China. And he spent the rest of his life telling the story of that girl's great faith. 
When Fulton Sheen, one of the great priests of the 20th century, when he was told that story personally, he was so inspired that he promised Jesus, I will never let a single day go by without spending one hour in your presence. This is a man who studied all the theology, knew the, book, the Bible left and right, but the example of one little girl's faith inspired his faith in a way that revolutionized his life and brought him closer to Christ than ever before. That girl served as an idol and a judgment upon every priest to imitate her love for Christ in the Eucharist. And that's what every saint does in their own way. Their example inspires us to draw closer to Christ. So what I would like to do is ask you to, over this next year, pick one saint, one saint out of the 9,000 in the church that you can grow closer to, that you can read about, watch videos on, study their words and their actions, observe what they did so that you might imitate their actions in your life, that we all one day might join them in our heavenly glory. Amen.